Welcome back, everybody. We got a really special show this week. I've decided to, you know, I'm, I'm kind of sick of hearing my own voice, and I'm sure some of you all too. I think it's time that I start bringing in the interviews and, you know, the people that I know and love and respect. So I wanted to begin the interview side of Living with Will and introduce you guys to some of the people that I know and respect. So I'm really excited for this week. I got an incredible guest. He's an artist who goes by the name Io. You've heard some of his music on uh, earlier episodes. He's fucking incredible. He's insanely talented. He's insanely brilliant. And uh, I'm so excited for you guys to hear our conversation and hear him speak his truth. I think it's really important right now more than ever that we, you know, as collectively as people, as individuals, as a group, we can, you know, address when we've done something wrong or we can see things that we're doing and and correct them and kind of navigate a new way of speaking. And I just wanted to start this week by addressing some of the anger that you've been hearing from me. I'm not genuinely a very angry person. Well, that's not true. I get very angry about certain things. But I do feel that in this moment, it is not my place to be screaming and shouting and, you know, making my anger the forefront. I think it's really important that we all use our voices in the way that we see fit. And I think that I've been doing a disservice not necessarily in all the ways that I've been speaking. I think I have been, you know, bringing light to some very important topics. But I think it's really critical that I, I try and include everyone in this conversation. Whether or not me and you agree, you know, whether or not me and you are on opposite sides of history, I think everyone should be welcome at the table to discuss their opinion, you know. Because if someone is going to say something horrible, they need to say it so that they can learn from it, right? I was not always, you know, I wasn't always the man that I am now. And it took a lot of privilege and it took a lot of, you know, a lot of fortunate. I was incredibly fortunate. I had parents who were progressive and who wanted the world for me. I had professors who were patient and who wanted the best of me. I had communities who pushed me to grow and that were diverse and, you know, in both, uh, sexual orientation and race, you know, I, I'm very fortunate to have people around me that are examples of the world. And I think that I do a disservice when I act like I've been like this forever. You know, it's not fair. I should be pointing the finger. There was a time where I was ignorant to a lot of things and I still have a lot of learning to do. So I think it's important to address that. And I'm really excited for you guys to hear this episode. I'm, you know, I'm so grateful. I'm so honored. And let's just get right into it. Um, welcome back to Living with Will. It sounds on. Mic's going. All right, all right, all right, all right. So I'll start it. Start it in 15. All right, bro. So the mic's on. Sounds good. Uh, how are you doing, sir? Testing, testing. Y'all hear me all the way over there in LA? It's looking like it, yo. The sound should be picking it up right. All right. All right. So I'll let you listen. But before we get started, I'll let you introduce yourself to everybody. Yo, what up? This is Io, also known as the Browns villain. I'm out here from Brooklyn. You feel me? And uh, if anything you need to know, just DM me about it, man. I don't, I don't really like to give myself away too much. What's up? Fuck yeah! No, I love it, dude. I love it. I just, you know, I I do this open mic as well um, on Fridays, and I usually like when it's people that I know, I'll try and introduce them myself. But I think it's important I just have people introduce themselves a little bit, and then. Cause you know you don't know someone fully, 
I'm not a mind reader. <laughs> but so basically, like, look, I'm going to be asking you a wide range of questions. You're welcome to answer all of them. But if you feel it, man, you're welcome to also pass if you prefer not to answer. And we can just keep going from there. Mm, all right. Hell yeah. So first of all, uh, I wanted to talk about your music because you're a musician and an artist. So um, I know you, you know, through through Cypher League and uh, through the rap and hip hop community in Brooklyn. But how did you, how did you first get into rap and hip hop? And who introduced you to it? So I first got into music uh, at a young age. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was around eight years old, I used to run with a production team called Queendom Productions that uh, my brother introduced me to um, this amazing woman. We just call her by Sensei. Mm-hmm. Sensei Sparkle. Awesome. People might know her. But yeah, Sparkle, um, she kind of helped me really understand what it meant to be an artist. Uh, my brother was the one that kind of recognized that interest within me. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, like the physical ter- toil that you go through, the, the creative toil that you go through to really be who you are mm-hmm. and, and to really show the best light of yourself. And, um, yeah, at eight, that's where it kind of like really started. I started making music and, and uh, in, in different um and different mediums uh that kind of peaked around the time i went to like the apollo i was i was on like apollo's unsigned talent like unsigned youth or whatever some some uh pot some some show that was special for the apollo because it was just like kids and That's awesome. um we tore the house down that night uh but but soon after that i just like you know, my brothers, he started working with Def Jam and that really like blew off for him, blew up for him. I, I didn't really uh, have it in me to like kind of do the travel by myself to, to mm-hmm. get to training, to like do the music and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And, and also, I, I didn't really have an interest in music at that time. You know, I was still a kid. I, you know, I just wanted to do kid stuff and I thought it was cool to make music, but I never really saw it as like, a career path right um some years passed by and i'm in high school and that's when i really started getting really serious about my music making mixtapes um and that was because i was in a band i I was in a a concert band i played uh the clarinet and it kind of like put my battery it kind of put a battery in my back musically you know i did a couple years just dropping mixtapes hooked up with the cypher league crew um Cypher League and I, we, we did a bunch of tours. Um, that's where I met Devon, who started Dojo Records. Uh, then I signed to Dojo. And then since then, we've just been strategically placing our mark on history, as I, I like to think of it. Like, we don't do too much, but whenever we do sign, you know, you know it's us. You know? It's funny you say that, because the first time I ever wrote something that I actually felt like had worth and meaning was an article I wrote for Cypher League. In 2016 so it really like it, anything anyone really does with them is so powerful um but on the on the note of you as a creative what do you think drives you to create hmm. uh i think a number of things it's different not every time sometimes it's like some of the same things um there are moments where i just feel like fuck i ain't creating like a week or two like let me just make something let me just make exactly what i'm thinking about right now mm-hmm um, and there's other times where, I, you know, I come home after a rough day and I'm just like, yo, the only way 
that I'm going to get this energy out of my body is by making something. Mm. A lot of times I, th- I think of a joke. <laughs> I think of a funny ass joke or a funny bar that, that only I would laugh at. And I'm like, yeah, this is going to be the hook. And then that's how it starts. Like Ebola, if you ever heard that, that's how, <laughs> that's how Ebola was made. It was just, it was just like, oh yeah, this is like a funny, weird, sick, uh, Joe Rogan style joke. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, um, but it ended up transforming into this song like that was really about fear mongering and that was really about uh, disease prevention and disease control and and, um, and the disparities in race when it comes to diseases, you know? Right. And, and that's something that we're still dealing with today as a topic. I was so, going to say, uh, Ebola's from 2014, right? Yeah, yeah, 2014, if I'm not mistaken. I'm not good with dates. Me neither. Me neither. I sometimes just say them, but I'm pretty sure that, that I'm, I'm around... Let's say give or take a year. Okay. Yeah. Um, uh, but on that note, who do you think some of your biggest influences are on your creativity? Influences, uh, I don't know. Like nowadays, nowadays nothing have influenced me more than the recent protests and um, just everything that people go through. Like, in a sense, journalists influence me a lot. Like. The headlines and the shit that I read, they they tend to influence what I want to write about and what I want to make. Musically and creatively, you know, Kanye, Pharrell, Jay-Z, um, I don't know, I don't have any, like, special ones. As of late, Frank Ocean a lot. Frank, Frank awesome. Ocean has been, like, a big inspiration to just uh, revisiting his work and, mm-hmm. and appreciating his talent and um, appreciating his also his business acumen. Uh, and how he he treats himself as an artist. I love that. So, on the on the topic of business acumen as an artist, I, I recently was watching an ad that you star in for the new Cipher app. Are you able to discuss that at all? Oh yeah, uh, Cipher app. That's that's one of the greatest apps of all time. Look, this is what the Cipher app does, right? So you make a video. One, hold on. Let me start with the producers because you can't talk about hip hop without starting with the producer, right? A beat maker makes a beat and uploads a beat um, to our platform. Then um, an artist can make a profile, The given that the producer also made a profile to upload his beat. Our artist makes a profile, and uh, now he can rap over any beat that's on the platform and uh, start a cypher. And for any of... Anybody that doesn't know what a cypher is, it's a group of artists and um, rhyming, singing, rapping, whatever, whatever their talent is, they do it in a circle. And you know, if you if you feel you're confident enough, you jump in a circle and you say uh, a freestyle or even a written that you have in the back pocket or whatever. And that's what cypher allows you to do online in an app. You record and then you pass it on to your friends and um you gain followers uh this is the only app that is like creatively inclined uh to show you video of an artist um in his natural element you know and uh, i'm like i'm real proud of the work that the that the guys at cypher league did um and you know i'm i'm just a small part of this larger ecosystem of ideas Mm -hmm. and creativity to be honest I love that, man. So humble. But I, feel, I completely feel you. Like, And I feel like that's kind of 
that's kind of every creative's place, right? We're just like cogs in a wheel. I mean, we all have our time, you know. Mm-hmm. We all have our time in the spotlight and, mm-hmm. and our time to be important. And um, there are also times where you gotta take the back seat and you gotta trust in your brothers, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's, that's what it is, man. No, and I love that. And then. And on that on that topic of trust and and you know um, being part of a collective, you know we've known each other for a little while, and right. I think one of the things that I appreciate most about you is not just our shared passion for music, but our shared drive towards social activism and and you know achieving social equality. And I remember we marched together in 2016 while I still lived in New York, but I've been seeing a lot of you know I've been inspired by your presence on social media with the way that you've been taking parts in protests again with the new protests in New York. Um, and so I was curious, what what has your experience been like taking part in protesting four years later? Do you, you know? Do you see? I mean, it, there is a huge change, but I, I'm curious to know what it's what it's like on the ground in New York. Uh, out here, um, presently at the moment, things have not really gotten any quieter. Mm-hmm. Uh, last weekend, we just uh, went through Juneteenth, and there was just a bunch of activism, people on the street, uh, letting their voices be heard people playing music and it's um it was a kind of celebration that is meant to communicate sadness mm-hmm. you know it's almost like um it's almost like christmas if we spent the day not opening presents and only reading about like jesus on the stake mm. you know mm-hmm. That was Juneteenth. Like it, it was just a lot of, a lot of activism. A lot of people letting their voice be heard. My experience, um, because you know, I when it first started, and like almost the same weekend uh, that Mr. Floyd passed away, mm-hmm. I was outside in the streets. I was riding. I was, um, I was, uh, I was, I was doing my thing. You know, I was doing what my body compelled me to do. Right. Um, but what was different about that and then was the questions that I had personally and and reflective of the movement itself. I think when I was younger, I didn't really worry so much about the politics of what was going on. But mm-hmm. now more than ever, I, I think about, yo, who is leading this? Who, where are we going? What's right. the purpose? What, mm-hmm. oh, is my time being wasted being out here, you know? So, um, or, or not even wasted, but is there a better way to achieve the the or, or correct the injustices that I see? So that's what I kind of think about. I think that's my the major difference. Like I, I just think on a different scale than um than I did when I was younger. When I was younger, I was just outside and I wanted to I wanted to um halfway make my voice be heard, but also be part of a protest because I, that's what I've seen. The people that I look up to go through, mm-hmm. you know, the, like the Malcolm X's, the Martin Luther Kings, they were protesting, and, and I wanted to, I wanted to embody that spirit, so I went out there as well, and I and I fought for what I thought was right. Mm-hmm. But nowadays, now that I'm older, I think about, um, and it, it, this brings me back to a quote that my friend says that he is now older than Tupac was when he passed away, right. and, and and it kind of like put it in a bit of perspective for me. That um, Tupac is a G. He's a legend. He's he, he's forever infamous and, and famous for what he accomplished in such a short time. But will he, would he have been the same Pac 
have he been allowed to reach his thirties or, or or his forties, and and what have he would he have done differently? You know, of mm-hmm. course he'll encourage activism and and and, and protesting, but you know, what, what would his actions be? You know, what, what would he actually be doing to encourage that change? And I think I'm at that point where I can, um, I can move a bit of muscle in in the city and, and, um, impact in greater ways that might not be so overt, you know, that Mm -hmm. might not be so out in the open, but, um, yeah, I was, I just did a lot of thinking. It was, it was, it was a time to really reflect. I think that's what a lot of the older people are doing during these protests as well. Like we're walking with the youth, but we're also like reflecting on ourselves and mm-hmm. reflecting on um, the changes that we can make um, as small as they be, as they can be. If collectively we all make a change, then that's how we change the world. That, yeah, no, completely, man. And, and I love the point that you're making about Tupac as well, because it, and it applies to some of the other names that you reference as well, like Malcolm X and Dr. King. Like The way that these men's messages was changing and shaping as they aged, you know, um, we were robbed of what they would have become. You know, Dr. King was becoming more vocal about the problems of capitalism and war, and Malcolm X was, you know, honing his own message, and, and, they, and they were taken from us. And so... I really appreciate what you're saying about, you know, this time of reflection and, and honing our voices. And I'm I'm right here with you, man. Like a lot of when I was speaking on the podcast, I've been exu- I've been exerting a lot of anger and it don't I, I, you know, I'm coming to terms with the fact that it's not really right as me being that I'm white and, and have been a benefactor of this system. It's not really on me to be exerting anger. I should I need to be bringing more people into. I, I spoke about it as it being kind of like the matrix. Like, I feel like white people are still plugged in. This system is, first of all, inherently biased, but secondly, it's negatively impacting people, right, that are not white. And so I feel like being, be, like the best way that I can use my voice is to try and reach those people and not demonize them. I had a friend who, who uh, really put it in. You know how sometimes you'll hear something so many times and then you'll hear it one way and it finally makes sense? What you mean? Give me an example. So, so I've known. So I was I was an ethnic studies major in school, and I've known I've been kind of studying these things so that I can better use my voice and that I can reach people, right? And I knew that that was a way that I could help, right? Because a racist white person might be more inclined to listen to another white person. Do you see what I'm saying? Like, yeah. so I've known that I need to be able to try and reach these people, but because I get so angry at them, because their mind is so polluted by these, you know, this, this system that has, you know, tricked us. I've known that I've needed to reach them, but I've been angry. And so I've been pushing away at the people, you know, I've been, I've been just unleashing anger instead of compassion. And I, I've, I've known that myself, but it took me reading the words of an old classmate of mine. Um, and she's just so wise. And the way that she put it was just, it's, it's a form of privilege that I'm, that I'm exhibiting by letting my anger, push people away that's just another form of, of privilege that i'm you know it's not my place the topic of privilege it's um you know it, it it's a it's a sticky topic to think about well it's not it is it could you could take it as black and white as you can and just be like yeah white people are privileged because you mm-hmm. know because of slavery be- mm-hmm. just because you know everything white in america is a privilege mm-hmm. um but then there's also, you know, black privilege. 
black, black privilege is a thing and and people need to i don't i don't know i just think the word privilege comes into this whole idea of everyone weaponizing their identity mm. and and um you know it, this is not really to talk on whether it's right or wrong to do so but there is a strange thing happening to our culture when everyone is like looking at their physical self as like traits and like superpowers and like oh i because I'm white, I can do these things, and I can't do these things. Because I'm black, I can do these things and not these things. You mm, know, and, and yeah. I think I, I I personally don't uh, totally agree with the direction that that is leading us, where we are all, we are all weaponizing our identity. We're being like, oh, with this, I can I can be a be a tool mm. with my physical appearance. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if that's like. The best use of life. <laughs> well, no, I appreciate that. <laughs> I appreciate you saying that, and and this is the way. I'll, I'll give you this. This is the way that I, I see privilege as being. You know, it's not like you said. It's not a black and white thing. You know, privilege can come in the form of, you know, it could come in the form of race, but it could also privilege can also come in the form of you know classism, or it can come in the form of gender. You know, I, I think I think when people hear the word white privilege or or just privilege in general, they. You know, and I'm not, I'm, I, I don't want to speak for anyone, but I think everyone has their own interpretation of the word privilege. The way that I'm using it myself is, I think everyone has certain things, certain, you, you said superpowers. I think everyone was given certain blessings in life, right? And I think if you don't use those blessings to bless other people, that you're squandering the blessing you were given, right? So the fact that I was able to have the privilege of higher education, to the privilege of being able to learn the ways that people who look like me have have negatively impacted other people, I think it's a privilege for me to have learned that, and therefore I need to help other people who might not have that same privilege understand that, right? And I like you. I think if what you're saying is so important though, because it should not be a weapon, right? Like, I think people like what's her name, um, Tommy Laren, you know that that Fox News lady. Oh yeah, yeah, I know, I know. She, she, I think, is a great example of what you're saying, where she weaponizes her privilege because she is a she is a a vocal white woman with a large platform, and she's benefiting off of creating hatred, right? She's she's weaponizing her voice, and I and I think that's very you know that's a dangerous thing because she could be using that same voice the same way the president could to be bringing people together, and I and I fear that I've been falling into that same trap where. I'm not, you know, I'm not doing it like they're doing it, but I'm, I'm feeding my anger into my voice. And so I'm making other people angrier. And I don't think that that's my place. You know, I think there is a place for people to use that privilege of anger, but I don't think that I should be using. It. And that's kind of what I'm trying to say is like, I'm trying to rehone my voice and I, and I feel, you know, it's a time of reflection. I'm going to make mistakes and, and because it's on a podcast, it's going to be public. But I think that that's helpful. For other people trying to learn shit about them, you know, I'm rambling. You know what I'm trying to say, though. But I want to bring it back to you. I don't want to talk about myself. I, 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 I fall into that trap as well. I got a big ego. But what do you? What are some of the lessons and wisdom that you have that you think you can impart on the audience in regards to what's going on in the country right now? I would say to look within self and really decide, you know, what you want. It comes. It comes down to like what you want. Mm-hmm. You know. 
and, and, and what you want your legacy to be outside of your children. Because your children is forever your legacy and what you leave behind right. to your children. That is the most tangible evidence of your legacy. But at the same time, what do you want for yourself? How, you know, how will you achieve fulfillment for yourself? I think that's like the question we all need to answer. And um, these days seem to continue to move by faster and faster. Mm -hmm. But nobody is really like answering that question. Like even in the state of our leadership in, in you know, the state of our leadership in this country, we know where it's heading because the, the, the goals are clear, you know, mm -hmm. they want to, um, they want to slow down immigration. They want to go back into the state of nationalism, go back mm -hmm. into, you know, homegrown products and, um, creating wealth here in America. But at the same time, what's reflective is that, you know, there are, the, the policies don't speak to that. The, the policies that are being made don't speak to the, quote-unquote direction that we're supposed to be heading so now everyone is confused and that's the energy that is like being put out nobody knows what they really want anymore right it, it used to be like you come to america for freedom you know mm. people are not free that the other thing that people usually want is you come to america to get rich people are not getting rich right so, you have people. I, I would suggest people really ask themselves, how can they achieve what they really want, and is the location that they're in, and the energy around them, is that impeding on their success? Because you got to ask yourself, yo, is the mere possibility of just me being in America that a detriment to my goals, to my life goals? You know. Right. So, so yeah, I I think this is a. I, I would I would encourage I, and it might be selfish for me to even be talking like this um and and but I'm a I'm a Leo at the end of the day like I'm thinking of I'm thinking of self I think every if everybody put themselves number one and then the number two thing they do is treat people with the golden rule you know treat people how you want to be treated right then, then those are the first two steps to like really moving society as, as a whole in the right direction. Hopefully, I, I don't. I don't really have the answers, but I love that. Listen, you you might not think you have the answers, but I think you just kind of gave us one right there. I, Folk, I don't have the answers. I just have a, a unique perspective, I guess. I love it. No, I shit, man. You you just that was like the meaning of life, right there. Try and pursue what you love and treat people the way you want to be treated. That's pretty much all it takes. It, it comes back down to that. Man. Yeah. And, and I, I swear, you know, had that cop been thinking in that way. uh when he stood on Floyd's neck for, mm -hmm. you know, damn near nine minutes, if he would have just stopped and thought, like, is this how I would want somebody treating me? You know, of course not. The answer is, hell no. Of course, you know, so, you know, I just don't get people. And, and we we come into that, that, that conversation, like, are there... Groups of people, I'm not, I, and when I mean by groups of people, I'm excelling from just white and black. I'm also talking about cop and citizen. Mm -hmm. I'm also talking about billionaire mm -hmm. and, and nine to five worker. Mm -hmm. Are there groups of people that see others as lesser than? And if so, how do we talk about that? You mm -hmm. know, how do we, how do we um, change that? 
Right. Because it shouldn't matter whether you're a cop or you're a billionaire or you're, you know, it, it shouldn't matter who you are. You should understand that you're just as valuable as somebody else. Right. But that's a that's a deeper conversation about capitalism. Definitely. I'm not, I'm not really. <laughs> no, no. That's a that's a that's a private conversation for us to have. <laughs> I haven't even really worked out that whole like getting comfortable with capitalism. You you know me like you. I, I barely even like selling my music. You know I I don't I don't really like selling things. I don't like the idea of like having to sell stuff in order to eat. Right. And in order to live. Mm-hmm. And, and I I think um it, it puts a bad taste in anything I make that I have to think about now marketing and now, you know, putting a dollar amount on these words. And then also, like, the dollar amount has to be, has to play with, like, what else is on the market. Like, if everybody else is charging $2 for this song, I got to charge $2 for my song, you know? Right. No, I, it's, it's it's tough, man. I'm listening. No, no, I was. I'm sorry. I, this sometimes I feel like I'm I'm agreeing with someone, but me just speaking, I'm like cutting off their way of thought. So if you if you had a thought to finish, please do. I'm sorry about that. No, no, that that was the that was the end of that. I was just gonna add on into that, like the the grappling with capitalism and profiting off of off of creativity is tough. Um, I, I'm not even gonna come close to claiming I have the answer for that, but I, I'm. It's reassuring for me to know that you're that you grapple with that too, or other people do as well. Because I was just writing my professor about this, how I'm using a podcast as a platform to kind of speak on institutional and structural racism, you know. And that's just the beginning, you know. These problems are intersectional, so for me to speak on racism, also have to speak on sexism and Islamophobia and anti-Semitism and the, the the climate you know crisis that we're having you know all these problems ableism and xenophobia they all morph into this you know sinister evil force and you know capitalism plays a part and yeah, and for me to speak on this on my podcast you know it's something that I could eventually profit off of I I struggle with the idea that I'd be profiting off of trauma you know black trauma and and the trauma that you know women go through and and people of color and you know the LGBTQ community, you know I, you know it's 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 a, capitalism is a beast of its own nature. For real, I, I, for me, money is a constant reminder of how imperfect the world is. Right. You know, money gives everybody the choice to decide what is viable to them, but in making that choice, you're also making other things invaluable. You, you're deciding that, oh, these things don't even really fucking matter when they definitely do. You know, like, like we decide that trees are not as valuable as homes, but trees are dead by like it. it we can't breathe without them. We cannot breathe without them, you know? <laughs> and so we, we live in a, a capitalism allows us to live in this whole like, oh, yeah, I worry about that later. I, who cares about that? The next generation got that, you know? So I, 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 it's just funny to me, man. It's, it's, I've never stopped really thinking about it. I mean, I live within it. I make it happen. Like, if I got to make that dollar, I, you know, I'm going to get the dollar. But mm-hmm. it, it never feels good. It never feels right. And um, it's just a reminder that this world is, like, so imperfect. Like, so imperfect. And, and it's it, and, and it's a tough, it's tough out here, man. 
It is. It really is. I'm excited for this next generation of leaders, though. I I have high hopes, man. I think, I think we're gonna see some great things happen in the future. I think we're in for. I hope the next group of leaders don't have to deal with like an alien invasion or some shit. Yeah, that would suck. (laughs) (laughs) It's like every every generation got to deal with some bonkers shit, and you Mm -hmm. know, like our shit right now is like global warming, social injustice coronavirus you know so can i share a theory i have with you it's like what the hell is left yeah what's the theory i my, i have i have this theory and I, and it's controversial in nature but you know we're having an honest conversation i i feel i feel i can be honest i have this theory that the climate crisis and these global pandemics are a result of our neglect and our mistreatment of our fellow human beings I feel you know you know like the story of Noah's Ark. Oh uh, yeah, of course. So it was like we fucked up and the world flooded because because the you know the Christian God was like, what the fuck are you doing? You're treating each other like shit. You don't deserve this place anymore. I'm putting you underwater. And this dude, this dude Noah's pretty fucking cool. So I'm gonna have him rally up all the animals and I'm gonna keep him alive. It's like I I you know like I said it's a conspiracy theory, but I do think like until we. Until our leaders and, you know, we come together as a people and we address the fact that the world is suffering, you know, animals, plants, people, we're going to keep seeing these plague-like scenarios. Mm, I I totally agree with you. And I think that's more than theory, bro. That's like fact. That is dead-ass facts. We treat each other and we treat the organisms around us like like they don't matter. When they 100% do. And it... It impacts us. It impacts the way we think, the way we feel, everything. So we need to make the right choices, you know. Mm -hmm. And if there's any evidence that we've made the wrong choices, just look at the past. Look at at what we've done so far. Mm -hmm. We didn't drop atomic bombs. We didn't send men to death. We didn't, you know, it's just so much shit that has already happened that we should never do again. And... It's a constant game of trial and error, but I, we always getting it right. I just hope that the next thing that comes is not alien invasion, because I'm maybe not ready for that shit. No, no, definitely not. Virus. <laughs> Look at this little-ass virus that just, you know, crippled everything. You, you know how the stocks would crash if the alien came down to Earth? <laughs> yeah, we're not ready. We're not united. How, how do we deal with a common enemy if we're not unified? Right. We can't even protect. You know, it's the craziest thing to me. I, look, I, I think um, I, I don't know what my belief is. I think I, I like to tell myself that there's a God and there's a higher power. I don't know what I think, though, to be totally honest. I think that's like a constant, uh, a constant learning, exp- like, you know, but that's a topic for another day. But what I do think is interesting is that the Earth, right, this our, our universal home and you know, if there, if nothing else is is our creator, because we all come from the earth. It's wild to me how, you know, men and women of God and 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 atheists and everyone, we're all you know kind of guilty of mistreating our creator. It's so wild. And then, like you said, an alien invasion comes. Like we're not gonna stand a chance. We don't stand a chance. I think it's a great. This is a great segue. Uh, into some of the more lighthearted questions that I have for you. Well, first of all, I want to say I really appreciate the conversation that we're having. Um, 
I Shame. it's yeah. Thank you, man. It's been it's been lonely having my convers this conversation with myself on this podcast. I can't believe it took me so long to start interviewing people. But thank you for being the first. <laughs> No problem, man. I'm always down to come back to it. Just let me know, man. Please. I was going to ask you at the end, but I'm so glad. But let's let's move into some of the more easy, digestible, fun topics because we all all need a little bit. I said last week that, you know, uh, I don't care about making people laugh because of how traumatic the times are. But I think people laughing right now is more important than ever. So I want to backtrack on that. I'm going to have to change my mind occasionally. But let's go. You know what I'm saying? Like sometimes, sometimes we got to admit that we're wrong. Um, so let me start with this. What, who would be one of your favorite characters in a film or a TV show? My favorite character in a film or a TV show? Yeah, or both. Just, yeah. I don't like giving absolutes, but who are some of your favorite characters? Oh, some of my favorite characters in any film or TV show? Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, I always like the Batman. Every rendition of it, um, just because like, it, it's rooted in like a real good story and the characters of the story are so vibrant like mm-hmm. the batman the joker bane the mr freeze you know I, I i like all those characters like batman any rendition batman beyond batman animated series the the, the christopher nolan movies i've always been a huge fan of uh, that series um so that that'll probably be like my top pick as far as characters go can I say? Can I show you a funny, a funny? Uh, I I saw a meme about Batman, and it was like uh, we all grew up loving him, but the more that this person looked at him, he's like he's a billionaire who like beats the shit out of like low level drug dealers, like fucks up people just trying to make a living. Yeah, yeah, and, and that's the funny shit about Batman, man. Like the more you look at it, the more kind of upside down it gets. Right. That's why I like the Joker movie. So, have you seen that? The, I, the new Joker movie? I haven't seen the new one. I, but I've heard such mixed reviews, but I gotta see it for myself. Bruh, that movie, well, especially after, like, all these recent events, mm-hmm. you're gonna be seeing that for the first time, and I'll be surprised if you don't cry, bro. For real. Because that, that, that movie, it really hit home. It, it does, for real, for real. So, um, check that out soon. Yeah, maybe I'll watch that tonight. I'll let yeah. you know. Yeah, give it a look. Hell yeah. On that note, what are some favorite TV shows and favorite movies? Yeah, uh, the Batman. Um, like, I was a I was a WB11 kid. I would wake up in the morning and watch all the cartoons. So, like, Shaolin Showdown, Jackie Chan Adventure. Yo! Like, that's, a, that's the first place I go when I think of favorites. You know, like, I can rewatch those over and over again. Um, what a reference. I fucking love that show. Yo, that's... All of them, even Pirates a little bit, but that was that was kind of lame to me. I think that was more of like an '80s hangover that they kept just redoing. Um, what else? Like Yu-Gi-Oh was like a big. I was a big fan of that. Uh, Jap- I'm a big fan of the anime uh, culture. Mm-hmm. Um, movies, you know, all the Spike Lee joints. I recently watched the Five Blood. Unreal. Ridiculous! I, I like how bloody Spike Lee got with that movie. That, right? That, I really appreciate that. Um, I think that might be my favorite war movie I've ever seen. Yeah, he kept it a hundred, man. Like, yeah. Like my my personally, my favorite war movie might be um, Private Ryan. But yeah, that's it's a good just one. So hard to top Private Ryan, like it's fucking Private Ryan. Yeah, it's like, like four hours of just nonstop acceleration. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was like. 
14, 15. Maybe I'm I'm lying about my age. But I was pretty young. Like, mm-hmm. I was pretty young watching that shit. And I, and I was, like, so enthralled with it. Like, it's one of the f- first, like, movies that I could see for a really long time and just watch the whole thing and not, not turn it off. Mm-hmm. Um, that first scene, I'll never forget I was sitting in a classroom. I forget what class, what school I was at, but... The the teacher put it on that first scene when they're on Normandy on the beach, just getting mowed down. I was like, "This is a fuck. What what movie is this?" They was getting lit up, bro. <laughs> like I was just like, "Damn, I'm never trying to go to war." Never lit up, bro. Um, shout out to our men and women uh, yeah, in the military. Some blessings and big praise to our men and women Seriously. who are on the front line. Cause fucking a man. Yeah. And, and, and every war movie I watch, it's just a. It's just a reminder of, like, just be happy about, you know, you don't have to do that. Right. You know? Mm-hmm. Back to um, the back to the lighthearted. Oh, if you have any other films, too. Shit. I, I just watched so much film, man. I, 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 I watched so much film. Um, I've, I can only think of the latest ones. Like, The Irishman was, like, mm. I was a big fan of yep. that. Yep. Um, Uncut Gems, I'm a big fan of Oh, that. I still have to see that one. Yeah, that that shit was fire. Uh, I'm a big fan of all the Harry Potters. That, that Same. Was like one of my first franchises that I really fell in love with. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm. I can go on for days with this question. I'm sorry. I, I don't want to go that. No, I appreciate that. If you could be any animal, what animal would you be? Any animal? Sheesh. Um. Maybe. Um. I'm trying to think about what animal can smoke weed without. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. <laughs> this guy have hands. I I would I always find myself being some type of gorilla, some sort of like yeah, it's orangutan. Not too far away from a human. Maybe like a gorilla or orangutan because they they still um they still uh you know they live a little bit longer and they they're so much stronger than the human. Right. Maybe one of those those baboons with the big red ass. <laughs> Oh man! All right, how about this? How, how, if you could be a combination of animals, so like, so like a gorilla with eagle wings, like a flying gorilla, or like, like a shark with human legs. Okay, a combination. That's that's. Ooh. Um, <laughs> I would just want to be like, hmm, maybe like a a lion, but I have like instead of paws, I have like gorilla hands, <laughs> and I have the brain of a dolphin. Fuck yeah. And I can camouflage, and that, that'd be it. So I can just smoke my weed. Damn. See, like a chameleon lion gorilla. <laughs> yeah, like a chameleon lion with gorilla hands, brain of a dolphin. I smoke my joint. I blend into the background. You can leave me alone. That is... And I'm smarter than, you know, like... God. <laughs> That's a, one of the best ones I've ever heard for that question. I always... You know what I heard is really interesting? Is that the orca, which I think is more of a, a dolphin than a than a whale, but... I think the orc. I've heard the orca has two brains. They have an emotional brain, and like a logic brain. Whoa! Like that- like separate two. Yeah. Spheres. Yeah, and like we kind of have two brains too with our left and right hemisphere. Mm. True. Damn, I never thought about it like that. Yeah, kind, but kind, but if it's like two separate, you know, fields of brain, that'd be nuts. That'd yeah. Be I gotta look into that more. I'm not a scientist, but I like to know more. But it's funny that you said that about the the lion with gorilla hands because my I and the and the and the dolphin brain because I always see myself as being a 
gorilla body with like condor wings and like the mind of a human. So I'm still smart, but like I'm terrifying. Right, right. <laughs> I can't give it a hand. Like, yeah. hands and feet are just so pivotal. That was mad smart. See, I... To slip <laughs> to the joint. <laughs> you need hands and feet to roll that joint. That, see, it's, this is how I know that you're... You, see, I put years of thought into this question, and I, I sprung it on you, and you gave a better answer than I've ever given. So I really appreciate that. Um, if, if you could change one historical event, you could go back in time and change one thing from happening. Shit, man. Yeah, it's a tough one. And there would be no butterfly effect. I know, like, the, the whole butterfly thing, like, you, it, it, no. Like, you change an event, and it's like, things change for the better, not for the worse. Okay. Can I get three? Yes. All right, yeah, I fuck with that. I fuck with that. I'm going to do three for future people, too, because I think that it's these are some hard ones to have to choose one. Okay, because, like, my 16-year-old self would say... I wish I was never born. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> I would erase that. Because this, this fucking experience has been crazy. That's beautiful. Um, I, 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 I'm kind of inclined to say slavery. Fuck yeah. You know? Like, but all in all, I probably wouldn't change a thing, man. Like, <laughs> to keep it a buck, man. You got to... I, I don't know, like I don't feel right answering the question just because I really I really do appreciate life, you know. I, I love really that. Give. So I, you know I like that you said you would have changed something diabolical, but also that you wouldn't change anything because I, I really fuck with that man. That's a really yeah, solid like, answer. I, I wanna say I would change slavery, but I, all in all I wouldn't change a thing, man. Like we, we here, we should we should appreciate. We should be loving. And and if we wanna change we can't change the past. It's hard to think about changing the past. I mean, we could change what's happening right now. Yeah. But whatever happened, happened. Well, that's that. the beautiful thing about this question too, right? Is like you can't change the past, but you can change the future. Right. Exactly. You could. You could change. You could change the moment. Mm-hmm. You know? Right. No, and, a, in, and on the topic of changing the moment, if you're listening to this. Learn how to read the room, dude. Like, <laughs> I cannot explain this enough. The older I get, the more I realize that people just... Maybe it's because my, my, my friend circle isn't around anymore. Like, mm-hmm. you moved to L.A. Like, I, I can't I can't hang with Devon really like that no more because of the Rona. And, like, he's doing his own thing. Mm-hmm. And, like, you know, my, my core group of cool-ass people that, that I enjoyed... Thoroughly, when I was like nineteen to twenty-two, have have all gone up their separate ways, and now I hang with like random people sometimes, and it just be like, dude, like, do you know how to read a room? Like, why would you say this, that, and if the, I don't know. Sometimes you just be too comfortable. Maybe I'm too judgmental sometimes, but I just be like, dude, like. Like, yo, you're tripping, you're bugging, like, oh, man, people be saying anything these days. Man. No, it's so fucking, like, I love that. Like, yo, and on the topic of changing the moment, learn how to read the goddamn room, dude, like. Seriously, though. And also on that note, what I love about the fact that we're all over the place is that there's going to come a time where we all come back together, yo, and we're just going to have the most, and I feel like every friend group is like this, like, people go, they got to go live, right? And then you get to have these moments where you, you reconverge, and I know you've you've had these moments where you haven't seen someone in forever, and the second you see them, it's like no time has passed. 
No, for sure. I mean, y'all better hurry up if y'all want to chill, because in a year's time, man, I'll probably be over in the UK or something, man. I'm... For real. That's awesome. <laughs> That's awesome. For real, man. Y'all better tap in with me. I'll probably be building houses in Africa this time next year or some shit. I'm hope hopefully next. I want to do a, a follow up interview a year from now exactly. Because I'm very curious to see, you know, so much has changed like in the past year. I'm so curious to see where we'll both be in another year. But on the topic of questions, if you were a superhero, what would your hero name be? And what would your superpower be? Mm. Ooh, that's a good one. Um, my, my, my superpower, okay, my hero name is Music Man. Awesome. <laughs> and my superpower would be to... Um, be able to control anybody's mood or emotions through vibrations. Like, like I, I can, I, I could just play music, almost like, almost like Apollo, like the god of music. Mm-hmm. The god of music, yeah. Like any power he has, I want, and, and like be able to control people's emotions by by playing on like a flute or, or like the instrument or. Or maybe I could turn anything to, into an instrument that would affect someone's mood or whatever. You know? I fucking love that. <laughs> That's so fucking awesome. Yeah, yeah, that'd probably be my superpower. Yeah. That's legendary. Well, listen, I had one more question for you. You sort of answered it with people reading the room, which I think is one of the best things I've ever. People really do need to look. Like just, and I'm and I'm guilty at times of not thinking before I speak. But people really need to just think a little bit more before you open your mouth. But, yeah, I mean, like, if you're in a room full of women, probably not the best time to make a misogynistic joke. Right. Know? Like, and, like, no time is the right time. Yeah, exactly. You know be, but, like, I don't know, man. People be, yeah, people be... It's, some other, like, whatever, man. The beauty of people not knowing how to read a room, though, is that they'll say things that they'll, they will receive consequences for saying, and hopefully the next time they won't need to read the room, they'll know how to speak. But, but I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you the question, even though I think that's a great lesson, but for the youth who are listening and, and even for the, for the older folks who will tune, tune in, what's a piece of advice that you'd like to impart from your time on earth and take your time. I can always add it out. Silence. <laughs> <laughs> my, my piece of advice is stack up, dude, like stack this paper. Like, don't spend, don't, don't spend, eat right. It's so much cheaper to eat healthier. Like, those honey buns, those treats, those candies, they not, they not doing it, man. They think about what you eat and stack your money right, you know? At the end of the day, that's, that's what we, that's the type of time you gotta be on if you wanna excel. <laughs> I love that. That's <laughs> real shit. So, there, there, there's just so many lessons in, just stacking your paper, mm-hmm. like like you'll you'll learn seven to seventy other lessons just by being diligent about stacking your money, and you'll you'll start to see the world in a different place. Or maybe you know what, go broke first, spend all your money, and then stack your paper after that, so you can see the difference. Because I, I I can't speak too much, but you know, <laughs> you know. That is true it's wisdom. Gonna be, it's going to be a big 2020, man. Mm-hmm. Even now, man. I'm hoping that they open the spot stack up, the venues and stuff, man, because I got some crazy show ideas for you guys, for real. 
I can't fucking wait, yo. This has been such a pleasure and an honor. This has been legendary. The first the first Living With Will. You know, it's crazy, too, is that you were my first interview when Living With Will used to be Night With Will. Ah, that's right. That's, yo. <laughs> I would love to have every single person from that series come back on because it's been like four years, dude. But thank you so much for coming on, dude, and, and, and being the first one to... To have a conversation with me and, and, and make living with Will what it really is, you know, because I'm far from a hermit. I like people. I love people. I want to be around people constantly. Occasionally need a recharge, but this yeah. monologuing shit is not enough. <laughs> Thank you for having me. Thank you for the invitation. Thank you for appreciating what I have to say. You know, it's uh, it, it goes a long way. No question, dude. Well, the world's going to eventually, so I'm glad that I get to be... Sharing these fucking intimate moments, bro. Because I know there's going to be a day where I'm going to have to go through a publicist or a PR person or an agent or a manager. So, I can't wait, bro. Well, you go tell the world to hurry up, man. <laughs> by, the they, by the time they start listening, I might stop talking. You know what I'm <laughs> no, for real. That's so true, though. I, Dude, people never know what they have until they lose it. So, I hope that doesn't happen because the world needs more of the voice of IO. Blessings, man. Appreciate you. Dude, I can't wait till I see you next, man. This has been fucking legendary. I hope everybody enjoyed this week's episode. I, I know that this is fucking incredible for me. I'm so grateful. Thank you so much, Ayo, for coming and sharing space and, and speaking with me uh, honestly and truthfully about the things that we believe in and, you know, some of the more funny and some of the more serious things we talked about. I'm so grateful. Thank you so much. If you're enjoying the podcast, please like, share, comment, subscribe. It means the world. It helps me get my voice out there. helps me share my message. If you want, please submit topics to livingwithwilltopics at gmail.com, livingwithwilltopics at gmail.com, or hit me at Twitter at livingwithwill. I'm on Instagram. I'm on Facebook. Wherever you want to find me, I'm around. I'm looking for more topics. And if you want to come on the podcast and share your voice and share your story, please let me know. Um, I want this to be an interactive and an inclusive space. So thank you all so much for tuning in. It means the world. And I'll see you all next week. And in the meantime, in between time, everybody stay safe. Everybody stay sane. And I'll see you all next week. was a joke, I'm laughing, but no I ain't paying no more cause I'm ready for lights, camera, action, swear to God better open your mind, I can't talk to admins and have nots and mascots for millionaires and bad thoughts on billionaires, they fuck all the money up disappear, but I can't distract, attack, I try to react, but I'm stuck on the things that I lack, and I got no more time for the throwbacks, all these dummies I listen to make me feel stupid, back to the blueprint, I know I'm a still kid in a mad city, in a beautiful dark shit fantasy, fly with the waterway just like a manatee, fuck all the jury, I'm trying to get in this theory, in the bill, I'm not talking enmity, but to make me feel I'm not talking sanity. Oh man, cause they want to send me. I try to play nice, but they want to defeat. Surely with me, I don't want to treat. Huh, control all three. Look at me. Make me believe it's not a lucid dream. Nothing feels real, I'm on a new thing. Peace on this earth would just be too boring. This war's a choke, I'm laughing But no, I ain't playing no more Cause I'm ready for lights, camera, action Swear to God, better open your mind I can't talk to heavens and have-nots And mascots for millionaires and bad thoughts on
millionaires They fuck all the money and disappear But I can't distract In fact, I try to react But I'm stuck on the things that I lack And I got no more time for the throwback So these dummies I listen to make me feel stupid Back to the blueprint I know I'm a good kid in a mad city In a beautiful dark it's a fantasy Oh man, don't you see all this turning chill Dude, you gon' wake up looking at me My nigga, please don't forget the energy I already woke up mad today Actually, you saw the last night had cabinet Had a five year long backache And I was see the doctor But you know how that goes So it's sad to say Don't push me, your boy, on the edge With no Christians or Muslims to fix them Thank God for the clothes that I rock Thank God for the shows that I rock Thank the opera whipping in the corner spot Fuck you, your bitch ass Just a fine motherfucker about to call the cops This was a joke I'm laughing But no, I ain't playing no more Cause I'm ready for light scan the action Swear to God, better open your mind I can't talk to has-beens and have-nots And mascots for millionaires Bad thoughts on billionaires They fuck all the money and disappear But I can't distract In fact, I try to react But I'm stuck on the things that I lack And I got no more time for the throwback So these dummies I listen to make me feel stupid Back to the blueprint I know that I'm a good kid in a mad city In a beautiful dog with a fantasy Look at me Make me believe it's not a lucid dream Nothing feels real, I'm on a newer thing Peace on this earth would just be too boring